What up guys, we are back with another episode of Speak Truth Without Fear. And uh, What is up got... everybody? How's Ooh. everybody's feelings? How's Everyone. everybody's feelings? <laughs> you doing good? And... You doing good? Have you realized the talent's coming after your children out of the TV yet? Cause I'm starting to smell it everywhere. Mickey's coming, Mickey's coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, they dropped oh, me out of the house. I guess I'll burn the whole thing down. <laughs> Oh my God! Hey, All right, boy, have you played with have you played with sex toys before, little boy? You know, <laughs> dude, have that's you seen where we're at, bro. Have yes! you seen the Have you seen the pictures yes! of Mickey and Minnie? And Minnie literally has a penis on her freaking yeah, looks, dress. Her, her dress is a dong, dude. Her dress uh, is a dong. You don't make uh, this many mistakes. You don't make this many mistakes, especially if somebody has told you we've noticed this unrealistic amount of sexualization coming from Disney. You know you have a guy in the Disney office that's like, I'm supposed to make sure that we don't put anything out that looks like a dong. And then, uh, boop, right now, no. right when they're talking about making sure we're still allowed to explain gender to children, they come yeah. out with this. It's like, dog, this isn't even this isn't even sneaky. Nah, we we know we know it's planned, but everyone that's listening, thank you so much for listening again. Don't forget speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Head over to the website, become part of our community, and if you have not yet, make sure you leave a review and give us five stars. And uh, again, we don't ha- we don't do any advertisements on the show for now, um, but the- we just ask that in exchange for the fee, all you got to do is leave a review and share this podcast. But today we got a special guest, which is a good friend of mine and Ross's. We go way back since two thousand and seven. Uh, he he was one of wow. I consider him 2007 Wes 2007. Man, um, we're getting old. We're, we're we're getting up. We look the same though. We look the same. We still look good. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we still got, look good. But yeah. Wes Martin, he's I mean he's seriously he's been a mentor to mine and a leader. And um, you know we both served at the International House of Prayer uh, together as well as Ross as well. Uh, but West right now serves in a local church, and he's been in missions for over 20 years. Him and his wife are the proud parents of four. They're living in St. Louis now. And uh, Wes is helping lead this church, and they, you guys just had Charlie Kirk, at, Kirk out, and you guys are turning your church into basically, I mean, you guys are taking over the community politically. And we want to get into all that in about 10 to 15 minutes, but we're going to talk about that. Wes, welcome to the show. Hey, Welcome. thank you guys. I'm pumped to be here with you. I love the both of you. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I, you know, I didn't know you had Charlie Kirk when I messaged you the other day. It was just because I had just talked to uh, Kondo. Ah, and, gotcha. and I just talked to Kondo just because. And then I was like, I should ha- chat with Wes. I didn't know you had Charlie Kirk out there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. All right. So, again, if my voice is cracking a little bit, it's because my microphone cable broke today right before the podcast. So I'm using this Apple headphone right now. So you're just going to have to you're just going to have to deal with it for today. My apologies. But I want to first get your guys take on a couple things before we get into the main part of the discussion. And I want to first talk about Elon Musk. This has been hitting the airwaves this entire week. We, we've been see I mean, Ross, Wes, we've been seeing Elon, you know, putting some polls out there. He was kind of, he was like flirting with us, just teasing us. And everyone's just like, please buy Twitter. Everyone was talking about it. And then what ends up happening a couple days ago, it gets reported that back in March, about a month ago, the dude became the largest stakeholder in all of Twitter. 7% more 
than Jack Dorsey himself. So, I mean, Elon Musk is the majority owner of Twitter right now, and it got announced yesterday that he will be uh, also a part of the board. I'm seeing people going back and forth about this. They love it. They hate it. Ross, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, right off the bat, I can't be mad that, that no matter what happens, it's less crappy than it was a week ago. No matter what happens... In my opinion, it's going to get somewhat better. So that's one thing that's good. The other thing that's good is he seems to be a free speech advocate. So that means that we're at least going to have ideas that are coming from there that are not absolutely foreign to United States thinking, which is good because we like freedom and freedom of speech. So I'm excited about that. But I also know that um, BlackRock and Vanguard still own together more than 15% of the company and Vanguard owns BlackRock. So uh, so I didn't know really Vanguard, Vanguard owned BlackRock. That's crazy. Yeah, Vanguard's the, Vanguard is the tip of the tip. Vanguard is the absolute. We don't know much about them, but they own BlackRock and everybody else. So, so since they own that much in Twitter, I don't know how much that puts into play things or whatever. But I'm excited about it because I think he keeps asking people what they want, and then he's giving people what they want. And I don't think he's going to run a ship <laughs> that's going to sink because it doesn't make yeah. sense. The other thing that I'm thinking is that all of the work. If he does what I think he might do, which is to create an actual free speech, whatever, he should do it fast because all of these other social media platforms, <laughs> Truth Social, Getter, all these other they, ones that have been slowly turning their wheels. Bro, I think I'm 458,000th to get a Truth Social one day. Like they're telling me like I'll get it in eight years when my retirement comes in. You know, basically, like <laughs> they just got kneecapped. Elon Musk <laughs> just walked in. He just walked in like a bad ass and just goes pop, pop and shot both of them in the knee. And now they're going, oh, now we're only half as necessary. You know what I'm saying? Now we still need True Social because Twitter doesn't have a lot of the same features that Facebook and Instagram do, which is what we need True Social for. But Getter, dude. Yeah, that, sorry, that could be you're done. So that could be a killer. Wes, what, what's your what's your thoughts on you know the big te- tech censorship that we've been seeing? I know you're not you're you are you know you're you're running a church. You're not on the day to day watching this and necessarily getting censored every day like a lot of the conservative influencers and the conservatives that listen to this. But, you know, coming from the outside, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, would you ever have thought that us as a country would be in the place today where we're being censored for putting out the truth? I mean, no, I don't think anyone saw it, but we shouldn't be surprised either because that's what broken people do. Broken people respond in these knee-jerk reaction ways and trying to shut the other person down compared to what Joe says. I like what Joe says. Let's let's counter with better ideas, not by shutting people down. And just to say, too, we haven't been silenced off of Twitter, but we have been shut down off YouTube several times just in the last few okay. months, just from our weekend services, you know, when we are talking about issues that are affecting everybody and they said it wasn't right and they put us in. Really? So what, what oh, are yeah. these issues? Like what specifically? Well, we're starting every single sermon with about a 10-minute, what we're calling a family meeting, before we get into the scriptures. And we're talking about issues that are affecting all of us, anywhere from the vaccine to this uh, idea about gender, this idea about sexuality, public education. So, you know, YouTube is so vague when they hit you and take you off and put you in jail for a week or two. We don't really know what it was. It was either the vaccine they didn't agree with, what we said about that, or what we said about the uh, issues with gender, sexuality, et cetera. We're, we're not really sure. Yeah, yeah and there's I mean, kind of no way to fight the strikes on YouTube either. I've noticed, you know, you're kind of like the same thing with, and they're kind of all doing this where they've moved to kind of a 
uncertifiable wall between you and the people that are affecting your channels so that there's really a, a massive curtain in between you and whatever's affecting you that they blame on robots anyway. They're like, oh, sorry, that was the AI. And then if they if they decide to respond to you, so we're basically all at their mercy entirely. You know, and oh, it's, 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 and it's a it's frustrating not, and thing. And it's not even just even conservative influencers. It's not just conservative politicians. It's now also churches and even news organizations. We, we have pastors. Doc, yeah, doctors, doctors, PhDs. I mean, literally the industry leading specialists in cardiovascular health. I mean, like you name it. If you didn't agree with the who that these people have, it's like YouTube has has elevated itself to the point where it understands what's right and wrong in the field of PhD work and 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 medical documents and things like that. And they've taken a side. And it's like, oh, how credentialed were you to be able to take a side? Because I doubt you were as credentialed as the person that you're censoring. You know what I right. mean? Whoever's y'all credential is, you can't be above that. Right. Now, my question on, back to Elon Musk, though, I, I don't know the answer to this. So he buys in, I get that point, but then I saw where they appointed him to the board of directors. So okay. did they have to do that because he bought in at a certain level, or did they just do that on their own? I think, I don't think they had to do that, but I'm sure that Elon, I mean, I, I don't know. And I think that's where, I mean, the, the, we just found this out. We just found this out yesterday, about or two days ago, about him buying nine percent of Twitter. Um, yeah. When he he bought it back, we find out that he actually bought it back in March, a couple of weeks ago. So right, I'm sure there's been a hidden. lot of there's been a lot of internal conversations. Um, but you're a fool and, if you're Twitter and you go the richest man in the history of the world who has the, one That's of the right. most successful companies in the history of the world doing things that are outer worldly. Right. We're not going to let this guy sit at the table. Are we, do we hate money? Right. Are we stupid? Right. You know? So there's no way they weren't like, if he even sniffed and said, I don't know, I might like a seat. They're like, well, we'd love to have you. That's what should have happened. Yeah. Well, it, it, sh it should have, but the, the question is, I mean, what I mean, what does that look like when he gets to when he gets on the board? I mean, is he? I mean, he is a yeah. Advocate what, what are those? What's he, those conversations like, like? You literally have commies at the same table. You have people yes. that literally hate free speech. That one. I mean, we've seen all the stuff that Project Veritas exposed when it came to Twitter, and that they would purposely shadow ban politicians that didn't they didn't align with. They would literally were breaking the law um, using these loopholes. And now you have a man that's coming out here, and he is someone that is an advocate for free speech. He always has been. I'm, you know, I'm, I still feel a little like it's kind of weird. This whole thing feels a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to wait. We're gonna have to wait to see see how this plays out. But speaking of news organizations that have been censored, we you know we all remember the New York Post a year, a little over a year ago, back in November, a couple days before the election. Hunter Biden hard drive hits. I mean, Twitter shut him down absolutely shut them down um and i've been seeing i mean you can't post anything on twitter and instagram when it comes to anything about gender when it comes to anything about uh, the election being stolen you're getting censored you're being shadow banned you're being deleted um and i mean i remember one of the leaks on project veritas the guy that worked for twitter they literally changed the algorithm where you know you could repost something you could like something but you, you know, you, it would allow you to do that, but then the people, it, it actually didn't do anything for the algorithm. So essentially you were shadow banned. But, you know, this this just came out a little bit ago. Whistleblower John Maxey, which I don't know, you guys know who John Maxey is? He was one of the co-hosts for The War Room with Steve Bannon. 
Um, and he is on the run right now. He just fl- fled to Switzerland in fear of retaliation from the White House due to him claiming that he has 450 more gigabytes of deleted material with 80,000 images and videos of the Bidens themselves. And he and this just came out from the Daily Mail. The, the largest from the laptop news, or from something yeah, else. Yes, from the laptop, bro. He so has he snuck adi- some of the the data wow. from the laptop and has it with him. <laughs> He's got the goods and the Daily Mail. Well, wait, the largest, didn't we already have the goods or is this more goods? There's more goods. He's claiming there's more goods and we're talking 80,000 images and videos and he has fled to Switzerland. Uh, he, he, him and Bannon had the largest, I mean, they, they ran the War Room podcast for, together for a while um, and he was sounding the alarm about this hard drive way before the New York Post did. But he recently today fled to Switzerland in fear of retaliation from the United States government. Like this Makes is Cuba sense. type of shit, bro. This yeah, is like for sure. Cuba vent like this is this is not America. Wow. And this is again this we have we have political well, prisoners. Dude, I mean he he he's he is smart right now to be fleeing because the stuff that I have seen that was from the laptop, I mean I've watched right. Hunter jo- I've watched Hunter Biden get like I've watched this dude have sex like multiple times because I wanted to know what was in the video. So I've like literally watched Hunter Biden on a phone smoking crack doing stuff with chicks that are way underage. I've seen it all. You know what I'm saying? And if that stuff, well, that was on GTV when it came out, and then all the Google and them started censoring GTV.org right. or whatever. It was a Chinese uh, website that they were publishing all this on or whatever. And they got so mad about it that they basically said nobody can share any links. I couldn't share any of those links with anybody in any social media platform whatsoever. But you could watch all of it, bro. So I had I took pictures and everything so I could tell everybody if they ever try to tell me it's fake, I'd be like, here he is, and here he is, and here he is. You know, and so... But if it's worse than that, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, he better be on the run because this is going to yeah. get real bad real fast for, for whoever's got that. Yep. Yeah, there's three main things that they always, I mean, the fact checkers, big tech, social media, they're always, you know, kind of doing the protection for the election being stolen, the vaccine and gender and pedophilia. I mean, it's like it, the, the, the LGBTQ, the number seven, the letter Q, and all the way up to Z. I mean, these three things, well, actually, you can throw Black Lives Matter in there too. The, but these three main pillars, they're always very tough um, of not allowing, I mean, really truth to be, to be said. And now we're seeing this happening with Disney. And if you even come hard against Disney and talk about their woke new agenda. I mean, Wes, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you guys do? I mean, I know you, you guys are... You guys just had Charlie Kirk at your guys' church, right? And you had what two, three, four thousand people packed out in, in in the church for for that event. Yeah, we had about twenty five hundred Sunday night, so it was a great turnout. Twenty. All right, so you had twenty five people at hundred at your church. They're showing up for for what a political event to get involved. I mean, what what was the mission of what you guys are doing? Because this is crazy. I mean, you. I'm sure you guys got critics, and we hear it all the time. The church should be separated from the from politics. But actually, this is we are where we are. Disney is is preaching what it's preaching right now. You know, big tech is allowed to do what it wants to do because the, I think the church has been silent, and they actually bought the lie of that. Um, but you guys are actually kind of taking a completely different route and you're getting your entire church activated. How did this start happening within the church? Yeah, it, it, back in 2020. So, you know, COVID happens, right? In the first month or so, none of us knew what was hitting us. And, 
you know, the whole nation shut down. We shut down here in St. Louis County. We're closed for a month or so. And we decided as a church after a month, like, okay, we're getting, you know, we're opening back up. And there was already, you know, the talks coming out of California from Jack Hibbs Church and Rob McCoy's church and even John MacArthur and his church and things that we're hearing about the government saying, no, 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 you won't. But it, not so much here. Here it was just the county saying percentage of people, you know, in whatever auditorium you had, etc. So, it, but it was weird. That, that was already weird as far as them even having, a, a, you know, a right to speak into it, or at least they thought a right to speak into when and when we couldn't meet. But the real big thing was when George Floyd happened. And after George Floyd happened, there was just this, this pressure to respond in a very specific way. And if you didn't respond in that specific way, somehow you were a racist or you were fueling racism. And it just felt, I mean, we all felt it. That yeah, felt, it, dirty. Ugh, it felt dirty. And our, our church here is located just a, a handful of miles from Ferguson, which of course is where Michael Brown was sh shot and killed. And so St. Louis is, you know, racism is, you know, on edge already. And, and then the cops and, and, and the black community is on edge because of that with the Ferguson issue. So now here we go with um, uh, George Floyd. Right. And man, it, it, it we didn't know how to respond. There was such pressure. We have a great relationship with the police. Yet at the same time, all of a sudden, our own people are being afraid of the police, white and black. We are responding to the pressure of, you know, making sure you're either attending a certain march or, you know, posting certain things on your social feed. And it felt manipulative. It, it, it was there was a, a spirit of coercion in it, but you couldn't put your finger on it and you dare not say anything. Mm. So that's what first just kind of said, hang on a second. Something's going on here that doesn't smell right. So over the course of the next few months, our senior pastor, Ron Tucker, been here, you know, the Grace Church is 43 years old, 44 this year, started the church in his parents' basement down the road, been here all along. It's been a diverse church in the city. We've had incredible uh, black, white, Hispanic, all kinds of, of mixed races here that are uh, celebrated life and Jesus together for years. And then all of a sudden in one summer, it was like you could cut the tension and, and it was all based on how we did or did not respond to this George Floyd thing. That really exposed a crack within, I'm, I won't, you know, I don't know about now, other now churches. Now, when, when you Go say ahead. tension, when you say tension, Wes, do you mean people in your church were bringing consistent patterns of, like, issues that they wanted you to address in a way that might not co coincide with your beliefs or, 100%. And, or like that? Okay. 100%. It was all of a sudden secular society had the golden nugget on how to wow. fix racism. And we were like, hold on a second here. We have a, a racially diverse church for 40 plus years where the Bible is crystal clear on how to fix racism. It's called repentance and the blood of Jesus that forgives sins and changes the nature of a man or woman. Yeah. But now all of a sudden it's not that, or maybe it's that and something else. And But it was manipulative. It was condescending. It, 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 it created all kinds of like, I don't know if I trust you or know you. I mean, we had people that, you know, unfortunately were able to throw out 30 plus years of a relationship in a matter of weeks because we wow. weren't responding in the right way. 
And that's what I mean by it revealed a crack. It revealed, at the end of the day, a real lack of depth that we had as a, as a people, as a body of Christ, uh, rooted in the scriptures and who we are in Christ and how that fixes racism. And it also exposed this to me. And this is when I went to school over the next year and a half. It exposed to me that I have underestimated the power of media and that the uh, secular media, government, whatever we want to call it, there is a real coercion that they've been yeah. really successful at, even to the point of penetrating uh, ch Christians and churches that have been Christians and churches for decades. That right there woke me up, woke our senior pastor up, and we decided to do a deep dive in study and teaching on critical theory as it relates to anything, you know, whether it's sex, whether it's race, whether it's, you know, women and men, anything you want to apply critical theory to, of course, we're seeing it all over our country. And that's what got us woke up. We were already a church engaged, you know, in, in the issues of sexuality and abortion once a year. Now, all of a sudden, this forced us to say, this is a snake in the hen house way more than we thought. Oh, yeah. And it caught us by surprise. And we said, okay, it's time. We have this to is, go this all is in. World, it's, it's worldview war is what it is. Right. It's, it's literally, it's worldview war where they're actually yeah. making it so that the people wake up with certain colored glasses and then they can't see anything but what <clears> they've been manipulated to see. Yeah. And so then you have to do reparative work and break right. down the ideology that they built up in a few short minutes with some Hollywood puppets reciting the yeah. same sentences. Or, and now or, you're at war. But it's also this. It's also convincing people. I mean, part of the battle for us for probably nine months was convincing people that there was an actual agenda from this other worldview, that it was more yeah. than just entertainment. There was no, 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 no. They have an agenda. And for Christians, it's, it's super clear to me now. The ultimate goal is the Bible. That's the target of this thing. The ultimate goal is to make the Bible a piece of hateful, condescending, condemning literature. It is. It needs to be done away with. And right yeah. now, people think, oh, that's crazy exaggeration thought. Fast forward so two I, years. I mean, it's it's the hub of what makes people not like LGBTQ lifestyle. It's the hub of why somebody oh, would man. disagree with the yeah. freedom that they have found recently. It's the hub right. of it. Where does it come from? Where's, where does the white supremacist ideal American conservative viewer get their baseline worldview? What do you think they're going to attack? Biblical ideology, man. They're well, going to go right for the right. jugular. That's and, right. Two two years ago, I think we would claim like, yeah, West, you're being a little conspiratorial. But now, I think that has completely changed, and and that is why I think sure. that now you can have a church on a Sunday night when everyone's got to work the following day, have almost three thousand people show up to learn about politics and to learn how to get involved and if there's one thing and we always me and ross always say this that if there's one thing that COVID ever did was it actually exposed what was happening in the schools it actually exposed the overreach of government it actually exposed that we really don't have free speech and that the first amendment and even the second amendment have been potentially under attack and something that was called so conspiratorial it's no longer that anymore and you can totally see the end game when you when you really look at we always talk about the book the love letter 
to America where we see that there is a full-on Marxist agenda within our education system and our school systems and our universities and the way that our politicians are being raised and they're owned by Vanguard and that leads back to the World Economic Forum. This is something that is way bigger than just even ta- focusing on someone's gender. Why is it? I mean, we do. We went from in just 10 years, we went from okay in gay marriage, which I'm okay with, whatever. You want to marry that person? But now we're at the point now where we're telling boys that they, they are not boys yet and that they're girls or they're the girls or that they're boys. And then it's it's all, you're right, it's going to all lead back to be turn, looking at the Bible to it it is as hateful rhetoric, which really, again, Matthew 24, that is what Jesus basically says, that in those times they are going to hate you for my name's sake. So one thing just for all the listeners real quick who are listening, I know we hear we hear certain words they are like buzzwords, but we don't really know what they mean. So I just want to define what Marxism is and why we talk about this so much. So Marxism, this is Investopedia. So this is not a right wing information source, everybody. I'm going to read it. Marxism is a social, political and economic philosophy named after Karl Marx. It examines the effect of capitalism, capitalism on labor, productivity and economic and economic development and argues for a worker revolution to overturn capitalism in favor for communism. So everybody who wants to know the reason that me and Jordan and so many others have been outspoken about BLM is because BLM's co-founder, Patrice Cullors, and, and another co-founder of theirs, I can't remember the other one's name. Uh, are they have trained Marxists. They, they are trained <laughs> Marxists. That means that they are basically using the racial agenda that they have to institute socialism, communism, which basically means that they are... A, well, here's the deal. Evil people are evil. They exist in any government system. The goal is to make sure that you have to have them check in with 50 other people, and hopefully one of those 50 others is not evil, and they stop them from touching the nuke button. When you institute things like communism and socialism, what you do is you basically say, we cannot, me and the other free citizen, cannot figure out who gets more dirt on their land, so third-party person named John called government, can you show up and sort this out for us? But... That means that you trust John, who's also just a human and also can be potentially evil. And now John has all the authority and there's only one gun and John gets to hold it. So it just makes a faster, quicker pace to an evil person being at the top, which is what everybody on the left says that they're supposed to hate anyway. So there you go. And and the type of evil that we're talking about, I mean, did you guys see that story that just recently came out out of D.C. where some pro-life activists uncovered and turned in five babies that were born and they still aborted them and two of them were born alive um and they i mean you i'm if you want to go look at it go to live actions instagram you can scroll down a little bit and here let me let me explain it for you just think of a baby and then think really small malnourished and then missing chunks of itself like someone shot it with a shotgun that's Literally. what you should be thinking right now. And they found five of these bodies. And, and the pictures are on there. It? Didn't the mayor? Didn't the mayor dismiss it, saying we don't need to worry about it? I'm not sure, but right now, as of right now, they have been. The bodies were turned into the D.C. Metro Police, um, but it has been now five days since we haven't heard anything. Uh, now I do know this just came out a little bit ago that 23 members of Congress demand that Mayor Bow- uh, Bowser. And Bowser, what a last name! Freaking Bowser, like freaking Mario. 
Um, the police chief launched it. Yeah, so there, there's an investigation going into it, and now Congress is getting involved because, dude, this is dude, this is modern day genocide, and we are where we are today because, again, dude, the, I, I, and this is why I love what you guys are doing at the church, Wes, is that you guys are arming the church with tools to get involved and actually make real impact within your community because we can no and, longer and to defeat wait. this stuff. You, I yeah. love that you guys are aiming, arming people to defeat this stuff because it is the battle of the next age. They'll have our kids and they'll have our kids in six months. If we, if yeah. it goes unchecked, they'd have them in six months. And well, if they, they get alone with your kids for six hours, do you know how much irreparable damage, even if you are a normal child who's living your life and your teacher asks you, Hi, are you or a boy or a girl? And you say a girl. And then you see your same teacher ask another student who you clearly perceive to be a boy. What are you, a boy or a girl? Your brain as a child now goes, oh, is there a different? And that's something your parent who maybe wasn't there to witness that between your interaction and a teacher. Fast forward, your parent has to explain stuff to you that makes no sense six months later when you have a jacked up worldview. This is dangerous ideology and it's untested. That's the thing right. about this. What they have done is they have replaced, like these people are worse than the most extreme Islamist in the United States right now. People, people, Muslims right now are not attempting to get people canceled because of their opinions. But the woke left in their brand new, their professor told them version of the way that the world works is literally the only religion that they are allowed to adhere to. And anybody yeah. that had any one of their taboo infractions, meaning that they didn't immediately disown anybody that had to do anything with slaves like Jesus Christ or any other features in history, role models in history, if they if they violated one of the brand new taboos that you're not allowed to do now, they aren't worth following. So what the what these brilliant Marxist people have done is they've created a role model system that has to exist in the form of somebody that's only been around for 30 to 40 to 50 years because their shit doesn't exist before that at all, yeah. anywhere. And that's the yeah. only people that they're allowed to take their moral compass from. How stupid and dangerous is that for you to have an untested idea when we had the fastest horse in the race with the American ideals that we had in place, it was the most successful and it was the a country that provided the least amount of suffering to people and you're going to completely dismantle that in favor of something that has no testing this is clearly right. not something to actually benefit the country because when you dismantle it and make it weak six months later when the other competitors to us show up and take over everything they don't give a rip about your ideology and they throw gay people off buildings <laughs> and so you're yeah. literally destroying the very thing that is keeping you safe in, in yeah. hopes that something better can replace it. This is it's it's so terrible for ideology. And we have to go to war on this stuff ideologically, CIA. Ideologically. <laughs> so so Wes, how, how are you guys? I mean, what are you guys doing with the church? I mean, how are you guys arming them with tools? Where are you guys putting your your resources and your time? Where are you telling them to run for office? Um, I mean, yeah, how how did you guys get this going? What are you guys focusing on? <laughs> All right. So the first thing we're doing is, is committing to gaslighting. You know, so we've all been gaslit for all of these years and trying to all of these things that we see is happening in culture as it relates to marriage or gender, etc. They just say it over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it's not a baby; it's a lump of cells, etc. And then if you give an inch, before you know it, in a year or two, you've, you know, you, you have a whole different worldview, right? So we've decided to do the same tactic. So number one, every single weekend when we gather as a church, 
We say it over and over and over and over and over again. Say what? Number one, what Ross was saying earlier. There is a real agenda right now from our government, from our federal government, and our media, and our Hollywood elites. A real agenda. And I throw Disney in with the Hollywood elites. A real agenda to form our worldview, to educate. It's not about entertainment. It's not about policies to, to create boundaries. It's about forcing you how to think, how to, to see yourself, to see others, etc. So it's a worldview. We say it every single weekend without exception. Every weekend before we get into the teaching of the Bible, we say it. So that's number one. Number two, we started a year ago, almost a year, a year this June. We started a, a new department in our church, a new ministry called Civic Engagement. And we... Basically, you know, Jack Hibbs out in in California, they're a decade ahead of us. We looked at what they were doing. We took a version of it, which was basically, okay, we're inspired. Now give us an action plan. So civic engagement gives us an action plan in four basic areas. Number one, we're making sure that our people are covered wherever they live, whatever zip code they're in. Our church covers a big area. So whatever zip code they're in, we are educating them in those specific areas on uh, elections that are coming up, making sure that they're registered, who the candidates are, whether it's city council, whether it's school board, mayor, etc. We're making sure we have a team doing the work to educate our people. Then we're inspiring people to run for office, school board, uh, city uh, official, any kind of area in, in, in the civic world. Again, from mayor to city council, really, really focused on school boards. But we're helping them to know what it takes, how much time it's going to take, right. what would be, you know, what would be good things to run on as far as how to campaign, even helping them to build a campaign. And then, of course, you know, we have a church of thousands of people so we can mobilize people to help them in the midst of, you know, hitting neighborhoods, going door to door, etc. Uh, another thing we're doing is you guys are doing the constitutional classes. You know, we partner with Turning Point as well with David Barton and wall builders and just helping our people be educated in the sense of what is an American citizen look like? What is biblical citizenship as it relates to America? Uh, And then the, the fourth thing we're doing is inspiring our people. This is important that there really are battles to be won. This isn't just the, the, the ship is, is sinking. If we do a little bit locally, now at the federal level, that's a whole other animal. But yeah. right here locally, we can get victories. We can actually yeah. have areas where school boards actually change their minds and they begin yeah. to say no to certain things. And so we have a whole team that is researching areas in our region to keep us with hope, you know, and to, to put stories and testimonies of victory um in front of us so that's kind of the action plan that we've put behind our messaging well the the local community and your local government mayor city council school board um superintendent all of these roles they are the second layer of defense um that will protect you from a corrupt federal government um and and i and i, I love what uh, chrisanne hall she's a constitutional lawyer and, and she I mean, we i took one of her courses and we took our entire community through it and you know she and she breaks this down where it's like you can't if you you will have no courage and no and no boldness to stand for what you believe in if you first don't know your rights and that's why i mean i love what you guys are doing there but she when she was on our live this past monday night she said something because i asked her and i was like man you look at the world of what's happening right now 
And it feels pretty dang hopeless. It really does. I mean, when you're looking at the administration, you're looking what's going on worldwide, internationally, we're going back into war, the supply chain, immigration, a lot of reasons to be scared, a lot of reasons to have fear. And I was like, where do you think that we're going here? I mean, is there really hope to save this country from destroying itself? And she goes, Jordan. And I, so I, felt, I, I felt chills when she said this. She goes, Jordan, I have never been so hopeful in my life for the United States of America. Wow. And I was like, why? And she wow. goes, because the greatest revival always come out of the greatest oppression. And what we have seen that's over right. the last two years is the greatest oppression, and that's why you're seeing school boards packed. That's why you see churches now starting to speak out because we have noticed and we went through we have, we have gone through this sleep and we have waken up. And now that the church is starting to wake up, now that the people are starting to wake up, we will now coming out of this, we will now see the greatest arrival. And this is coming from a constant i mean a lawyer that has studied and taught the constitution for the last 12 years and so ever since then i've like you know what she's right we 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 have to speak that message and it really does come down to the church to actually preach it yeah well Absolutely. Andy, you've got you've got all these people like you they really made a mistake here like they didn't yeah. cut it off as like i think trump messed up the plan they had a plan to do ideological subversion over 25 years trump jumps in like year eight and a half and they're like and they're looking at Trump like, uh, how did this happen? Uh, this is not good. And then Trump just starts going, all of you are doing everything so inefficiently that it's you're, this must be on purpose. And then everybody starts going, yeah, yeah. Why did that bathroom take $7 million to build for the government and the unions connected? You know, and people just start going like, yeah, hey, wait a minute. Why is it that you don't like us to congregate and say that we're sick or whatever it is? You know, and it's like. You've woken everybody up now. You didn't shoot the bear quick enough, guys. You messed up. Yeah. And now we're all just not shutting up. And we're getting louder. And everybody likes us. And we can beat you in an argument. It takes eight minutes. Your worldview sucks. Ours was the best ever and built the best country ever. And guess what? You have no way to debate us. If we let it happen again, we would win again. You know, and yeah. it's that, that's, the, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like if, if you let everybody just be free and then like you had to like fight with your ideas and you weren't allowed to leave the room when you got offended your idea gets destroyed in the cage that's what right. happens and so as long as you actually know the ideas you know boldness you know who said this forever ago boldness is not a personality type i think it was Slyker, maybe but it's like <laughs> boldness boldness comes from clarity you know when you have clarity yeah. on something you're be you become bold even if you're the most mouse-like nurse if you know what kills people and somebody's about to put that into a patient you're going to be so bold because you know enough and you're going to go nope i have clarity that's going to kill them the same thing happens when you know what you're legally allowed to do and why you're legally allowed to do it why does the president not get to decide when you get to go in and out of your house why would somebody want to defend against that what did the early fathers of this country see everywhere else that made them go when in the course of human events that your government starts being a chump and doesn't care about what the people want, it makes sense for you to kick their ass. You yeah. know, it, it like it's like, why would you? What have you seen that made you set this up different than everything that you saw before? And once you know it, as long as they don't censor it before we all know it, we're gonna win. That's no, good. Well, so I mean, we got about we got about eight minutes left before we wrap this thing up. But I mean, Wes, what what would you say to me? Because there's a lot of critics as well within the church. The church has been more divided oh, yeah. than ever from this. Um, oh, yes. You know, but, I mean, what, what do you say to people that say the church shouldn't be getting involved with politics? Pat, you know, Romans 13, pastors shouldn't, you know, be telling people 
to you know run for office or to tell you who to, who to vote. I mean, what do you, what do you say to those critics that you know really are just really trying to shut down the voice of the church? Well, the first thing I say is there's a, a real lack of understanding of the his, history of America as it relates to the role of the church. You know, the, the, this experiment, this Amer- American experiment, it, it only works if the church uh, sustains its role in being the moral compass in, in our country. It, it, it really hinges upon that. So if we don't speak about morality and the standards of morality and righteousness. Who will? This will go amok. That's right. That's yeah. well. They will. They. It, yeah. It'll be defined yes. upon secular humanism. Yeah. Secular hu- humanism will be the the standard of righteousness, the standard wow. of judgment. And I also say this as like we we care about the schools, right? Surely in the church, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we care about you know various areas of influence here, here, here. The political sphere is the only sphere that affects all of them. So why would we not want to engage and speak into that sphere actually more than any other sphere of influence? And, you know, I think at the end of the day, here it is. When Trump came in, Trump's personality made it hard to be a conservative because we didn't want to be, you know, "Ah, I don't want to be in that same uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be associated right. with his name. I don't want to be a hater and the other side was so loud, making sure that if you yeah, any relation at all to Falsely, Trump. Falsely, lying, lying 100%, loud. 100%. <laughs> and so I think, unfortunately, it's exposed a lack of backbone, in my opinion, in, in the church because we, everybody, humans, like to be liked. Right. And that is a real good reason not to be liked right now is to be associated with a MAGA hat on or, or anything else. So there's there's fear. But I, I, we have to expose that. We have yeah. to expose that because I think right now, for the church specifically, we are in a season of training that if we can work the muscle right now of saying unpopular things and not being liked and learning how to push back against a worldview that at the end of the day we believe as Bible-believing Christians, a worldview that is demonic, a worldview that is oppressive, yeah. I mean, our worldview right now towards the gay and lesbian community, our real opinion of that as a believer is that's oppressive. It will actually cause people to go further into depression. It won't liberate them. It'll actually oppress them. I mean, that could be more politically incorrect to say right now. But if we don't learn to say it now, our muscle will be so weak that when the Bible legitly is, because right now the Bible is socially outlawed, it, we're a second away from that thing going a little bit further. Yeah. And I, I'm afraid that our the, the, the muscle in the church will be so weak that we're gonna we're gonna bow out and we're yeah. not gonna know how to navigate times of pressure. Well, so we have to. It started when they took the Bible out of schools. I mean that's that's really yeah. where you really start. And we and we and, we and we and we just keep and we keep making excuses for it. We just keep making excuses for it. Yeah. When when I have found that we give an inch towards justifying being quiet i have found that in a month's time or a year's time that inch all of a sudden turns to two feet whether it relates to sexual uh, issues whether it relates to abortion issues or now of course in the gender issue as well you give that thing an inch and what i mean by that is you're justifying why you're staying quiet that will be a, a, a foot or so in 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 no time 
Yeah, it's really right. unfortunate. I'm, I mean, it's devastating. Give an, give, an, give an example of that, Wes, where somebody might find themselves doing that, where they might give an inch in the expect to not ruffle feathers because I might as well just stay out of it for right now. But it ends Great. up eating their lunch later. Here it is, right here. Abortion in our community, just just us right here, in in the history that we have in our community, you know, from Kansas City and our days there in the church there. You know, we were we were raised in our 20s and 30s that abortion was a very serious moral issue, which I still think that the majority believe in. However, now in this last election with Biden and Trump, it all of a sudden it's not a one vote issue. I heard that so many times. Ah, you know, I'm, I'm not a one vote. Uh, I'm not a, a one vote person or a one issue person. I'm not a one issue voter. That's where it started. So that's the answer. That's the justification. Now, all of a sudden, you give that a little bit longer. Well, you know, I want to be I want to be compassionate towards a woman in a, in, a, in a certain situation. Now, all of a sudden, that 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 it's that pressure yeah. to not say abortion is sin, to not say whatever that that reason for me to back off of it, which started with I didn't want to be a one issue voter. Now it's grown a little bit. I have had so yeah. many conversations just in the last year around that one issue where I've softened it, where I used to be clear cut, not be afraid to be vocal, stand for life. I'll, I'll march in the parades. I'll do whatever. Now, you know what? I don't know anymore. Yeah. I don't know anymore. That right there is a real practical example of how that one little inch so all good. of a sudden now has, and you give it, give it another year or two. Give it another yeah. year or two because that's the, also the power of gaslighting from the opposite side. It, it is the power of influencing you to think differently. Right, and, and that's you don't even realize seen. it. You don't even you realize don't even that realize you're doing it. it. Like you, me and Jordan talk about this a lot, how we'll censor ourselves before we say stuff on this podcast because the phraseology that we're going to use is something that we know if we tried to use it on Instagram would get us an immediate strike and would cost us 90% of our traffic for three months. So we always are saying like the sneaky word because they've basically psychologically manipulated us to not use the real words and to say yeah. being gay or acting gay is a sin biblically. Right, right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so like that's that honestly, Wes, I hear a lot of people that are doing this deconstruction phase of their faith right now. Right, right. And a lot of these people Yeah, they're they're basically they're basically deconstructing some of the primary components and what it leaves almost all of them with is a version of Christianity that allows for homosexuality to not be a sin or allows for abortion to not be a sin or it basically means that more than more people than Jesus said would would be able to live forever get to live forever. That there's basically a there's a, like all roads kind of lead to Rome because the Lord's kind and that's what he wants type yeah. of thing is to, is to collect all of them. And I, and look, I don't try to like, I, I don't have a dogmatic view of the Bible. Look, I say shit and ass and stuff like that because I literally differ in my biblical theology about what is considered to be a sin. Paul used rubbish. There's no, there's no component in Ephesians 429 that talks about whether you should say the word poop, crap, or shit because Jesus didn't care about English. You know what I'm saying? So it's I have true. a really good biblical reason. I went back through the Bible to figure out what I could and could not get away with again according to the new, according to the new covenant because you know as well as I do, growing up in Western church, you could almost say that makeup or wearing dresses or tight clothes could be considered a sin. Listening to secular right. music could be considered a sin. How Whatever. Right. Not biblically. Church. Yeah, but, I mean, but not biblically. I wanted to get a biblical framework, and the biblical framework of New Covenant ideology and theology is that homosexuality is still a sin, that right. abortion is still a sin, 
and that Jesus is the only way, him inhabiting your physical body through the Holy Spirit and you regenerating because you believe on Jesus is actually God, is the only way to be an actual Christian or, or to have Christian worldview, right? Right. So that's... So, so how, how, Wes, yeah. how do you, how do you yeah. deal with... I know... We, how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, do you do you have people that that are gay that, that challenge come to the those things and that and that you know you have to have these conversations with you know i mean that do you or do you not have too many people that are gay in your church um okay i'm sorry say again what's the question <laughs> sorry so I mean, i'll, I'll have, ask it how do you how do you deal gotta, we, with we got that? five minutes we got to wrap this thing up in five minutes ross so just, yeah. just saying go ahead ross well how do you how, how do you deal with that uh with believers that are on the other side of the fence going well no we think that like homosexuality might be something that's kind of included like or do you, the Lord's or do kind you of have like people in on. your church or do you have people in your church that are gay and i mean how do you have those conversations with within the church when they when they attend yeah we have people in our church that i wouldn't say identify as gay but they would say that i have struggled and even have lived a full-blown gay lifestyle for years but have found emptiness and brokenness and depression and so i've come back to submit under the lordship of jesus so i still may have same-sex attraction but i have chosen as a born-again believer that i'm not going to fulfill those desires because i'm identifying those desires as sinful so i'm right. believing that jesus's call for me to live in a certain area of sexuality they're saying i'm believing that that is actually more liberating for my soul compared to me submitting myself to the gay lifestyle so that's right. the conversation that we would have is that the lord is very compassionate but the lord is also very clear in what will be freedom for you and if if you continue down the the, the lane of of giving yourself over to sexual desires for the same sex or heterosex with somebody outside of marriage it will continue to reap depression and oppression in your soul It'll be bondage. It won't be liberty. And of yeah. course, we do that with 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 uh, empathy and, and 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 compassion, and and a, and, and, a, and a real desire to see people live at their best. But we yeah. have no mistake. We believe the Bible is not oppressive. We believe the boundaries that God has put in place is for the good of humanity, not to rob us from joy but to give us joy so good no it's so good all right well we're gonna leave it at that because we're at right, right over an hour uh wes how can people find you um social media instagram i mean seriously you guys got to give this man a follow Wes martin is uh such a good person and he's an incredible mentor and if there is if there's he's any likable he's he likable He's like the <laughs> likable pastor. Like you want to hang out with Wes. He, he can. He has real talk. He's he's such a good dude. Where can people find you on social media? Oh jeez. Uh, You're like I don't, D, <laughs> I don't even know. Wesley D. Martin. You know I'm on Instagram mostly. You know the church is GraceSTL.org for anybody in the St. Louis region that may be out here. You know. Uh, so yeah, Wesley D. Martin, and then GraceSTL.org. Awesome. All right, Wes. Well, we love you, man. Thank you for joining yeah, us today. I love you guys. Proud of both of you, man, just for continuing to stay at it. I'm so proud. Thank you, Wes. Everyone that's listening, thanks again for listening today. Don't forget speaktruthwithoutfear.com. We'll be back next Friday with another episode. God bless.